April 18th, 2023. We're continuing in Masechet Berachot, we're in Daf Yodaled Amutbet, at the very bottom, two lines from the bottom of the Amud. Says the Gemara, Amar Ula, Kol HaKore Kriyat Shema Belo Tefillin, if a person recites Kriyat Shema without wearing Tefillin, in a state, obviously, when they should be, and uh, they're not wearing Tefillin, Ki Ilu Me'id Edut Sheker Be'atzmo. In the morning. It's as if, uh, certainly uh, we're referring to the morning, which is the time that we specifically put on tefillin for tefillah. It's as if they're testifying falsely, be'atzmo. What's that a reference to? It sounds like about yourself. In truth, Talmidei Rabbeinu Yonah reads the Gemara in such a fashion. The Pasuk says in Kiryat Shema, Ukshatam le'ot al yadecha you should be wrapping it on your arm, placing it in between your eyes, and you're not doing so, well, you seem to be testifying falsely about yourself. You're reading this and purporting to believe in it and to follow it, but you're not doing it. That's how Tamlidei Rabbeinu Yonah uh, understands this Gemara. Rashi, on the left-hand side, about ten lines up, writes, Rashi has two words, Lishna Me'alya. Me'alya means elevated, and Lishna, of course, means wording. In other words, what Rashi is telling us is this is a Lashon Saginahor. We're uh, obscuring, we're hiding the real intention, because what it really means is it's as if you're testifying about God falsely. If God supposedly told me to put on these tefillin, so then why am I not putting on these tefillin? Clearly you don't believe he actually told you that. That's the issue in this context. Maharsha points out there is a tradition, it's mentioned in several places in uh, traditional texts, that um, we have three um, signs within which we tap into uh, a certain edut about ourselves and our connection to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. They are Shabbat, which is referred to in several places as in edut. Uh, it's Berit Milah and it's Tefillin. It's for that reason, for example, that there's a conversation with regards to Hola Mo'ed, whether to wear Tefillin or not, and some suggest Hola Mo'ed is like Shabbat, so it already has that Ot, has that Edut. Uh, the suggestion in this context is, well, if you're not putting on Tefillin, you're missing part of the testimony about yourself. You might have the Milah, but you don't have two witnesses. Why is your Tefillin not on? And that's the Me'id Edut Sheker Be'atzmo, that's the Dirasha and suggestion Even of Mahasha. Even if you're going to wear Tefillin that day, correct? You're saying that's the deficiency in Maharsha's approach. In other words, according to Maharsha, as long as you put on tefillin that day, so then what's the... What's, you don't have to say with... That's an interesting, interesting he'ara on him. Yeah. Says the Gemara, Amar Ula, again, Kol HaKore Kriyat Shema Belo Tefillin, Ki ilu me'ide du sheke be'atma. Amar bi'hiyya barabba, Amar bi'ohanan, Ki ilu hikrib... Rabbi Yohanan has a little bit of a different direction over here. Not so much about the testimony, but it's more that you didn't sufficiently and completely fulfill this mitzvah. If a person brings a korban ola but doesn't supplement it with the necessary korban mincha that goes together with it, well, then you didn't do the full sacrifice. If you brought a zevach, a slaughtered animal, and you didn't do nisachim, you didn't li- do the li- necessary libation of wine on the mizbeach as well, so then you were insufficient and deficient in your in your sacrifice as well. The suggestion in turn is, if you're looking to truly fulfill worship, avodah, through Kiryat Shema, well, you should be wearing your tefillin as you do so. And uh, truthfully, in, in, in philosophical uh, thought uh, with regards to this, maybe psychological, the idea being, as I read Kiryat Shema, truthfully, I'm supposed to be mekabel ol malchut shamayim. Tefillin, in many ways, does represent kabbalat ol malchut shamayim. I wrap it around my arm, signifying my strength, or um, my heart, or close to my heart, I put it on my head. I'm, I'm being meshabed, I'm enslaving and putting my body as servitude to HaKadosh, 
Baruch Hu through the physical act of strapping the tefillin to me, while I read Kiryat Shema, which effectively is in words saying that. So you're saying it with words, but you're not fulfilling it. It's a duchek, but you didn't fully have that avodah of Kabbalah to Omachut Shemaim. Says the Gemara onward, Ve'amar Biohanan, Haroseh she'yekabel alav Omachut Shemaim shelema. If a person is interested, in accepting, and obviously that is our context over here, a full-fledged accepting the yoke of heaven, what should that person do? He should initially um, uh, use the bathroom, make certain that they don't need to use the bathroom. This is a reference to morning activity. Then do netilat yadayim. Place tefillin on your head. And then read Kiryat Shema, V'yitpalel. And then Amida. V'zohi malchut shamayim shelema. That is the fulfillment of an absolute and complete Kabbalat ol malchut shamayim. So there's an interesting reference over here. The description is that that netilat yadayim that's done in the morning is part of bringing myself, it sounds like, to Kabbalat ol malchut shamayim. Uh, Rosh in Perektet of Masechet Berachot suggests that the reason we do Nitilat Yadayim in the morning is specifically and purposefully for the Tefillah. Since your hands are probably not clean after going to sleep, Yadayim Askaniot, you need to make certain your hands are clean for the Tefillah. By extension, Rosh would necessitate Nitilat Yadayim for Minha and for Arbita as well. Right, because again, the Gemara doesn't just say you should clean your hands. We'll talk about cleansing your hands in a moment or two. It says yitol yadav. Rashba, as a matter of fact, famously in his she'elotu teshubot helek aleph, has the following analysis of this Gemara. It's in Siman Kovtzadi Aleph. He points out that again, first he starts off. He says, "Lama tikenu berkat al netilat yadaim b'shachrit." Why do we have a beracha in the morning of al netilat yadaim? She beracha lo nitkena ela al hapat b'shachat seuda. Ultimately speaking, he says, Netilat Yadayim should be for bread that you eat in the meal. Why do we have it in the morning? His initial statement is, Ibra kachna hagu He says, uh, the truth is, this is what's done everywhere. Levarech bashachar al Netilat Yadayim. Umakpidimba, this is in Shohan Aruch later on, Bechol tenaeha Netilat Yadayim seuda. We follow all the laws with regards to the proper way of washing and the utensil and so forth, as if it's before bread. But the real halachot are mentioned in Talmud with regards to eating bread before a meal. Why do we do Netilat Yadayim in the morning, asks um, Rashba. We read the explanation of Rosh, or we mentioned it. V'ani lo matzati b'shumakom davar mevurar sheyistarech adam litol yadav shachrit bekeli. He initially says, I have not found anywhere in Talmud, in Mishnah, and any reference to in the morning needing a keli. He says the minhag is, and I told you it's in Shohan Aruch, to be makpid on all these matters as if it's before a meal. But using a keli, using your utensil, is really only mentioned in the context of a meal. Why do you do it for tefillah? If you're telling me it's so my hands are clean, so clean your hands. Continues Rashban, he cites from our Gemara. He says, I found a semech for this. I found our Gemara says, Yifne, the second word at the top of Davtetvav, Amudalaf says, V'yitol. It doesn't say, V'yirhatz yadav, it says, V'yitol yadav. Says Rashba, why are you being notel yadayim? Is the truth is the Gemara will go on and say it's not an absolute necessity under all circumstances to even wash your hands. What's the netilat yadayim? It's over here. 
that Rashbah sets forth his famous principle with regards to the reason for Netilat Yadayim in the morning, Beit Yosef in Simandalit quotes both Rashbah and Rosh, and Rashbah's approach is that the Pasuk says that Hadashim Labekarim, we are uh, a certain new creation every morning, HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Mahazir Neshama to us, and for that we do Netilat Yadayim, for that Neshama Hadasha, for that new existence, the Hayim Hadashim that we have, he likens it to the Kohen who would wash his hands prior to the Avodah and the Mikdash. And in turn, that's his suggestion for explaining our Gemara. There's a very important nafkamina, practical difference between Rashba and Rosh. According to Rosh, Netilat Yadayim is necessary for all tefilot. For Rashba, it's only in the morning. If your hands are dirty, so then you clean your hands before the other tefilot. But Netilat Yadayim is not a necessity. For, furthermore... According to Rosh, probably with a beracha. That's not the minhag of anyone, to the best of my knowledge. But certainly a netila, even if you're not doing it with a beracha, if you have some sort of safek berachot, many people are makbit to do an actual netila for minhan arbit. Rashba would not necessitate it without a beracha. Um, Another uh, practical ramification between the two um, is uh, what if a person didn't go to sleep at night? person didn't sleep at night and they were awake and there's an assumption according to let's say Rosh that your hands weren't in turn all over the place you wouldn't need to do Nitilat Yadayim according to Rashba there's a conversation the assumption is the fact that the night went by and it's now morning it's now important and necessary that I wash my hands for the newfound life even though I didn't per se go to sleep these are there are several other ramifications conversations about this but it's uh, interestingly stemming from those two words Yitol Yadav at the top of the Amud which as Rashba says, you know, are somewhat surprising. Any person who does, as we mentioned, uses the bathroom first, and then they put on tefillin and read Kiryat Shema, and then they uh, say Amida appropriately, the Pasuk uh, speaks about such a person, as if they constructed an altar, and sacrificed on it, a korban dikhtiv, as the pasuk says in Tehilim, it has benikayon kapai va asovivait mizbahacha adonai. So the pasuk mentions first, it has benikayon kapai. I'll wash. Uh, with full cleanliness, my my hands, the palms of my hands, and then I'll circle um, your mizbeach. So the understanding is, you start with the netilat yadayim. What about everything else in that list? Uh, netilat yadayim was, uh, and then kiryat shema and tefillah and all that sort of business. So that's left out of this, but the point that he's highlighting and strengthening specifically, it appears to be, is the fact that netilat yadayim is part of um, this process in terms of getting to a full avodah. Amale Rava says Rava, but I, I think you went, I think you didn't go far enough in terms of talking about how important and significant the netilat yadayim is. You said it's as if you constructed the altar and 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 surrounded it. He says Amale Rava lo lamor ki ilu taval. Wouldn't you agree that if a person does netilat yadayim in such a fashion before kiryat shema tefillah, it's as if they immerse their whole body? Why would you say so? Of course, it's a derasha dechtiv er hatz benikayon velokatav or velokativ arhitz kapai. So it makes the following derasha. The pasuk says er hatz benikayon kapai. I will wash with cleanliness the palms of my hands. Now the word erhat is uh, is what's called shorish pa'al. 
Um, if I say arhitz, that's pi'el. There are several differences between those two conjugations, those two uh, shorash, those two ways of speaking in Hebrew. One of them is whether it's transitive or not. In other words, whether you're doing something to something else or you're doing something to yourself. If I say erhat, it means I wash myself. If I say arhitz, it means I washed something. So in term, the understanding is since it says erhat, it's a reference to washing myself. It doesn't say I'm washing myself entirely. It says erhat benikayon, I'm washing and causing cleanliness, the understanding is to myself, with kapai, by washing my hands. If it said arhitz kapai, I will wash my hands, then it's a reference to, well, it's just washing your hands. Then it says erhat, which is in pa'al, which isn't transitive, isn't affecting something to something else. And it says benikayon afterwards, with cleanliness, it, 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 for, it strengthens this dirasha, explains Rava, of understanding the netilai yadayim as being greater and grander than just washing your hands. It's as if you immersed your whole body. Amar le ravina le rava, Ravina exclaimed to Rava, Have you seen this Surba Merabanan? Surba Merabanan is a reference to, according to Rashi and Ta'anit and Dafdalid, a young, uh, spicy, uh, excited uh, scholar of Torah. That's how we sometimes refer to it. Surba, Lisrov means to burn. So this scorching uh, of the rabbis, have you seen, who came from the West, meaning from Eretz Yisrael, and he made the following claim and statement: If a person doesn't have water with which to wash their hands in the morning before tefillah, they should uh, they should uh, rub their hands. They can wash their hands and rub them in sand or pebbles or kismit. Rashi says or uh, twigs. Oh, something that will remove hard dirt or hard filth that's connected to their hands. It sounds like it, but again, if you're rubbing it hard together, you're kind of removing something that's stuck to your hand. But I that's know. not the purpose of Esetadayim, it's for two more reasons. So nothing, nothing is, quote, stuck to your That's hand. right. So we're now no longer, and this was actually, that's what I was referring to in Rashba. Rashba referenced this Gemara. This Gemara seems to be talking about just cleansing your hands as opposed to, quote, purifying your hands. Right. So over here we're not talking about Etilayadayim. And that's what he pointed out. He says the Gemara over here is telling you that that's sufficient. Again, that's not to negate that in the morning, says Rashba, ultimately speaking, there's not an important act of netilat yadayim, but the bare and absolute necessity for tefillah appears is cleansing your hands. Cleansing your hands can and would be done even without bread, but water. Again, misha'en lomai. Ideally, you're doing it with water. It's the easiest and perhaps best cleaning device. Amar So this is the statement of Ravinal Terava. He seems to be incredulous. He seems to be, yeah, did you see? Did you hear about this rabbi who came, this young man, this young whippersnapper who said this? Amar Shapir Kamar. Uh, the response of Rava Teravina is, oh no, he's saying well. Mikitib, go back to that pasuk in Tehilim, erhatz b'maim. The pasuk doesn't say I'll wash with water. Benikayom kitib, it means I'll, it says I'll wash with cleans, cleanliness. I will cleanse my hands. Kol manke. Anything which will cause cleanliness. Deha rav hasda. After all, rav hasda layit. Layit is a strong word. It means would curse. It means he would talk strongly against. He would talk strongly against a person who would be mehadir, who would go after, go behind to find water during time of prayer. 
it appears as if the Gemara then in the next few lines, and there's a debate and discussion in Tosafot and Bach and the Rishonim about whether to have these next few lines. We'll discuss it next time. Shulchan Aruch in several places discusses this halacha. But the statement, let's just briefly state it, is um, that Rav Hasta would say, if you don't have water, we're reading it just in these words right now, uh, well, you're not wasting your time going to look for it at the expense of tefillah at the expense of Kiryat Shema We're going to have to figure out at to what extent do you not go look and search and make certain that you have the water. The reason it's being quoted in our Gemara specifically is to say, you see, water is not the bare necessity, an absolute um, uh, item that you need in order to cleanse your hands. You can do it with anything else. Rav Hasta would get angry if you went after water because he was effectively saying, wash your hands and cleanse them however doable. Now the question will be, however, is that under all circumstances, is that for everything, do we assume that when it comes to tefillah time, if it's going to take, again, in today's day and age, there's much more readily accessible water with sinks and so forth, but imagine you're on the countryside and you don't have any water and you need to pray, are you, and your hands you know are not fully clean, to what extent should you go search for water? And the Gemara seems to have a distinction afterwards between Kiryat and Tefillah, uh, maybe being more stringent, ironically, for Tefillah than for Kiryat We'll have to discuss why that would be a distinction and what the Halakha will be on this. But let's briefly summarize what we learned today. We learned the first statement, Kiryat with Tefillin. If you did so without, it's as if you did half the sacrificial rite. Then the Gemara had a statement about true kap- or complete which included which included using the bathroom initially and then and we pointed out the Rishonim pick up on those words and understand there's a mitzvah in the morning there's something that we're supposed to do not just before we eat bread to do in the morning and it follows as a result Shohan Aruch tells us ultimately the same laws as netilat yadaim for bread. And the reasoning, we talked about mahlok between Rosh and Rashba. Then the Gemara continued and it had this statement, Ravinat Rava, did you hear about this young scholar from Israel who said, if you don't have water, you could clean your hands in any other way for tefillah? And there were two justifications for that from Rava. Number one, the Pasuk doesn't say bimaim, it says benikayon, I'll wash for cleanliness my hands. And number two, uh, the fact that Rav Hasda would get angry at people who would, so to speak, waste time or lose the time by going to search for water for prayer, we need to come back to next time the details with regards to that last halakha. Baruch Adonai Amen